From the PCC Studios in Midland, it's The Catwalk, presented by Performance Chemical. Conversations connecting with industry executives, community leaders, nonprofit organizations, and social entrepreneurs. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. It is The Catwalk, America's favorite podcast show. I am your host, Jay Whitlow, and sitting shotgun over there is a, a guy that looks a little different than Moose. This is Sir Timothy Lester. How are you doing, Tim? Man, I'm doing great today, and uh, I think most of our viewers would agree that I am the better version of, as far as looking of Moose. I, I would think so. You both have red hair. Yeah, yeah. His has got a lot of gray, but yeah, a lot of red That's hair. true. It does have a lot of gray. So Tim is sitting in today. Moose is actually doing a couple things. One is he, he's actually working, which is important. I'm surprised and, he does that. Yeah, and he does it very well. And he's also taking his daughter, moving her back to college. She goes to Clemson. Uh, Cle- is it Clemson or Clemson? I never can get that right. Either way, it's forgivable. It's forgivable. Yeah. Well, in, have you ever been to Clemson? I haven't, but it's it's not Texas. Uh, have you ever been outside of Texas? I, I don't like to recognize not Texas, but uh, I've been I've been outside of the borders a few times. Where have you been? I've, I've actually been to quite a few places. I mean, well, tell me one. So we've been to Florida, uh, Florida, Mississippi, Louisiana, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, California, Mexico. What's your Oklahoma. favorite place outside of Texas? Uh, I mean, my favorite not Texas place is probably going to be I'm, – I'm a fan of the mountains. So, yeah. um, you know, Colorado area uh, is pretty good to me. I, I'm not a skier, though. Right. Like, I'm not going to go somewhere and ski because I will kill myself. Yeah, we don't um, want that so to happen. So I actually enjoy it more in, like, the, the summertime when it's still, like, 60 degrees. Yeah. We'll go up to the, some of those places and hang out, and it's just nice. 60 degrees in the summer sounds so magical. I, I don't know if, truthfully, anybody watching this show right now, maybe in the future, can understand 60 degrees because I don't think there's an AC that can get – I don't to think sixty degrees right now with the hundred and ten degrees, and it's not sixty degrees inside this studio right now. Either, no, so. no, it's yeah. not. A lot of hot, a lot of hot guys in here. So that's right. Hey, big shout out to Element Fourteen for letting us hang out in their studio today. Uh, we appreciate that. We are still in the process of getting our studio up and ready, and so maybe in the next couple of weeks we'll be able to uh, launch uh, the catwalks from our studio at Performance Chemical. So. Uh, again, thank you, Tim, for riding shotgun today. Chris is producing uh, for us, and we had a great time. And I, I don't, I think you made it out last week to absolutely to hoop and barrel to the awesome. remote. Yeah. yeah, it was great being out there. Uh, man, I love those guys. Great food, great atmosphere. Yeah, uh, just a good time. It, it was a great time. We raised some some money, a couple thousand dollars for. Um, uh, Backyard Midland, Backyard uh, Midland, helping out our homeless and our community. And so uh, it was a great time. So thank you. I think you and your wife uh, came out. Yeah. Uh, so great. we had a good time. You know, this past week, I wanted to share one story before we introduce our guests. Uh, this last week, I lost a cousin on my father's side, uh, my cousin Bill. Uh, Bill was a considerably older than than I was. Um, we kind of referred to him as Uncle Bill, even though he was just our cousin. Uh, but Bill was was my favorite uh, guy cousin, I guess you could say. Uh, had a lot of girls, uh, had a few guy cousins, but Bill was one of my favorites. He was my first baseball coach when I was little, first basketball coach. Uh, but he never played the favoritism. He never let me start. 
And I, I was always upset with him over that. But then as I got older, I realized that I wasn't very good. And that's why he didn't let me start. It wasn't because he didn't want to play favoritism. I just wasn't Overall lack of athletic skill. It, it was horrible athletic skills. Yeah. I've gotten better. Uh, I'm 56 now, and I think I could probably make a little league baseball team. So Yeah. So so I guess help me, help me understand here, yeah. and maybe for our viewers too. Yeah. Um, you're 56 going on 80. and <laughs> Actually, um, that's correct. You had a cousin that was older than yeah, you. Yeah, so my dad's – my dad was uh, the fourth of six, and his oldest sister – was having Bill, her first child, when my dad's youngest sister was born. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a big family. And this here, was, so yeah, we're the American dream family. And this was right after the Ark had sailed. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. you know, it's been quite a, quite a while ago. But so Bill was older and all of the cousins that were younger considered him to be like an uncle, even though he was, he was our cousin. But the cool thing about Bill that I wanted to share – um, is Bill had a really cool job. Okay. I yeah. love this job. So in 1960, he was dating a girl whose dad worked for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the Dallas Cowboys started in 1960, and their first season was at the Cotton Bowl at the State Fair of Texas, right? Mm-hmm. And Bill's job was when the visiting team would come in, you know, the uh, the Giants or the Redskins, I can say that because it was back then. Uh, the Packers, Saints, any of those that would come in, they needed somebody to take care of the visiting team in the locker room and on the sidelines. And so Bill was dating this, the equipment manager of the Cowboys' daughter at the time. He was about 20, 19, 20 years old. And so he took over this job in, in 1960, carried that job until 1995, wow. where he let go of that, mostly because of the new ownership and stuff. But one of the cool things was – Bill would take us when we got older as cousins. I remember the first time I went was I was 10 years old. I got to stand on the sidelines and got to watch the Cowboys. That's kind of where I fell in love with Dallas back in the day. And then I started to turn on Dallas when I started getting older and meeting some of these players and fall in love with, like, the Giants and stuff. So I remember I was at the Leon Lett snow game where he kicked the ball in the end zone and the Cowboys lost against the Dolphins and it was a bonehead play. I was there with the the bounty bowl with the Eagles when they had a, a hit on one of the one of the players to try to put them out of the game. Um, I got to meet Terry Bradshaw, Archie Manning from back in the day and Bill gave me that dream as a little boy. And so as I got into high school and college and then married, I could take some friends with me and stuff. And so I was, I was real popular in high school because everybody wanted to go to a cowboy game. Well, it uh, wasn't your athletic skill. We it wasn't my athletic game. skill. It was so, because I had a, a, my cousin worked for the Cowboys. So yeah, that was a cool thing. This is, stuff, this so. is so intriguing to me yeah. Jamie, because I've known you long enough to know that you have a pretty, um, Vimminent dislike for the Cowboys. I don't like the Cowboys. And you had such a passionate opportunity yeah. to love them as a child. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who hurt you? Well, most of it was the new ownership that came in. I just didn't like the ownership, but mm-hmm. I fell in love okay. with the Packers. I fell in love with the Giants uh, because I every year I'd go and some of those players would remember me and know my name. And uh, one, I remember one of the things I did for the Giants was Dan Reeves was the coach back then. He also was a coach of the Broncos. He had me carry his headphones 
and the cord when he was on the sidelines. So as he was listening to offensive plays and stuff, I would make sure that the cord was un, you know untangled and nobody would get hurt and stuff. And I remember on Monday Night Football, my friends were calling my mom and dad's house going, we just saw Jay on TV. That's crazy. So this is before phones and, you know, my parents recorded it on VHS. But that's where I really fell in love with other teams other than Dallas. Nice, nice. To answer that question. So you were so. on black and white TV. Uh, with, yeah, there was uh, some black with and some white some cans TV. attached to some yeah. lines. <laughs> that's true. Oh, my that's gosh. True. That's crazy. So, yeah, just knowing specifically that someone was that impactful on your yeah. life and that – Yeah, I turned on and it. you turned on it. But <laughs> – I mean, I think that also shows a little bit of uh, of power in the ability to change, uh, yeah. which which is impressive. Which I, um, I have a hard time doing. But, you know, changing is really important because we want to shift gears okay. and change to welcome our special guest. All right. Well, so let's, let's welcome, this is David Parkhurst. Hey, David. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. How's it going? Well, David, tell us a little bit about yourself, our viewers. Um, our listeners may not know a lot about you. So just uh, tell us everything you want to know about who you are. Sure. So uh, David Parkhurst, I am the second. So my father's been in the Permian Basin for about 35 years. He also goes by David. Hmm. Um, if you recognize the last name. Do you go by Junior in it at all? or He actually, he named me the second. So I think technically that's incorrect because I should be Junior. He should be Senior. Yeah. I'd be the second if it was someone else that I was named after. Yeah. But yeah. neither here nor there. Yeah. So anyways, I'm 30 years old. I was born uh, the day that my parents moved into the house that they live in today. Hmm. So um, I met my wife at Midland Christian in 2009. We both went to Texas Tech. And, Reckham. Yep, yeah. Reckham. Yeah. yeah, big Mahomes fan. Yes. Um, <laughs> so she got her accounting degree. I got a mechanical engineering degree, and we both came back to work here and been in the oil field ever since. So we have one kid, Hudson. He's 15 months. Wow. Now, now was your child born the day you moved into a home? Because yeah. i got to be honest, that's a crazy housewarming gift. I'm in the real estate industry. And man, I've given, you know, some pretty crazy stuff. We give turtle adoptions with our company, but yeah. I've never given someone a newborn. Yeah. No, it's wild. Yep. Nope. No. Nope. Hudson was not born the day that we moved into it. A lot of sleepless <laughs> nights right now? Yes. Yeah, actually he's got his third double ear infection of the year. So we are running what? running low mm-hmm. on energy. Is but... he the only one you're gonna have or No, 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 no. We're we're from big families, so yeah. We plan to have uh, at least, I hope, three, maybe four. So. Do you think you'll ever have a cousin that's so much older that they call him <laughs> uncle? No, not not in our family. I hope not. That would mean trouble with the pregnancies and such. But actually, yeah. you know, my family has an Uncle Bill that was really? older, very grumpy. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he died 15 years before. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, you know, Tim was talking about favorite places that he's traveled and stuff. Do you have some favorite places that you traveled? Have you been able to get out of Texas or out of the country? Oh, yeah. So kind of like Tim, I favor the mountains. Hmm. So the family actually has a a spot in Durango. So we'll we'll frequent, you know, Durango once or twice a year. I do like to ski. However, we go to Purgatory, we go skiing. Um, and then my immediate family, we used to take a lot of trips to the East Coast. So we love Boston, Cape Cod, the Carolinas, mm. Florida. So we love the beach. We love good seafood. So we, we do love to travel. Now, are you good at snowboarding or just 
what is it called regular skiing or snowboarding <laughs> or what, what's your specialty on the mountain? I grew up skiing in Rio Dosa uh, until mm. I turned 14. And when I turned 14, I started snowboarding and then I never went, well, actually that's not true. I did go back to skiing one time when I was about 22 and it was a wreck. And so I snowboard, I wouldn't say I'm great at it. I can get up and down and around the mountain. That's cool. So mm-hmm. where where are you working in, in Midland? I know you have a, a business that you started. Is that the only thing you're doing or where are you working right now? So I started at Rockwater about uh, 15 months ago, about the time that uh, Hudson was born. Mm. They have since rebranded to Select Chemistry. So Select Energy Services is a greater entity that owned Rockwater and they just rebranded everybody. So I sell completions chemistry uh, in the oil field. And I've been on the completion side for about seven years now. Okay. And what did you get your degree in at Tech? Mechanical engineering. Mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite memory at Tech? Because you said you're a Mahomes fan. Were you there when Mahomes was there? Or? I was there when Mahomes and Jakeem Grant were there. So okay, they yeah. had one of the, I mean, there was probably a top five offense in the oh, nation. Yeah. In That's a, a top, killer combo. That, it, was a, it was one of the bottom five defenses in the nation. So it made for some very, very, you know, crazy games. Right. Um, Baker Mayfield left. Mahomes stepped in and they had a shootout at home, but essentially it was like Tyreek Hill and Pat Mahomes and, you know, scoring 70 points a game. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. I had Kingsbury and Billy Joe Tolliver as my quarterback when I went to Tech. So (laughs) do you remember those guys? I do. I I remember Kingsbury actually. Really? Yeah. Crazily enough because I was a big Tech fan even as a child. So Really? I didn't know we that. We went to Angelo State, which is a Texas Tech school now. It's a feeder, yeah. When uh, when I was growing up, it was not. It was actually a University of Texas and then a Texas State feeder. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, man, I, I, I do remember Kingsbury. Yeah. Well, tell me about uh, Texas Tap. Okay. Yeah. So Texas Tap is a catering company. It is predominantly beer catering, although we have a mixed beverage license, so we cater anything from beer, wine, and liquor mm-hmm. and non-alcoholic beverages. But essentially, it's a 1951 or 1953 Chevy at 3100, and we've built beer boxes on the back, and we've installed um, a cooler with a temperature controller that holds it at 32, 31.8 degrees, and we have four to six taps on any given truck. So what we do is we just we pull up uh, to the party. We bring it with us, right? So You are the party, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. So it, it, weddings, corporate events, happy hours, all kinds of stuff like that. So, so what's your favorite type of client with this? Because this is this is a little bit of a different entrepreneurial. Move. It's a cool thing, yeah. And when we start thinking about Midland, Texas, versus like a Lubbock or versus like an Austin, what's the perfect clientele for you out here? Um, it's easily the corporate clients. So corporate clients have, I mean, just just to be frank, you know, they they're usually entertaining a larger crowd Mm. and their budgets are bigger. And so it's easy for them to commit to three or four events a year and have some kind of schedule. And, um, you know, they're not as you can, you can do events like that similar to weddings, bigger events. And, and, you know, they still have budgets, but it's always somebody's special day on a wedding. So, Mm. you know, the corporate event, everybody's just happy to be not in the office, you know, happy hours. It's a happy hour. Yeah. So those those are easily the the favorites. That's cool. Where where did this idea come from? Is it something that you dreamed up, or somebody share it with you, and you went in partnership? How how did it come to be? So 
Uh, in 2019, you know, I have a friend, a good friend, one of my best friends, Connor Loftus in Fort Worth, and he and I were just chatting and we were talking about this idea. We had, we had talked about beer trucks. I don't know if he, he might've been the one that originated it or I, but we had talked about beer trucks for a, a few months and mm-hmm. then, um, just kind of getting into the story here of how it happened. But, um, in 2020 COVID hit. Yeah. And when COVID hit, <clears throat> excuse me, I was at FTSI, Frac Tech Services International, mm-hmm. and they filed for bankruptcy, and they laid off all but two individuals in the Midland office, meaning I lost my job. Right. And so then, you know, I was having a conversation with Connor, and he's like, dude, you should do that, that beer truck deal. And I was like, well, I mean, do you want to do it? He's like, I can, you know, we can scrounge up as much as we can, and, and so we got you know, less than 10 grand cash. And I was going to sell my Jeep. And I told my dad and I was like, Hey, this is what we want to do. And he yeah. was like, don't sell your Jeep, you know, bring the cash that you can. But you know, he, he gave us an initial investment and changed, therefore changed the ownership, obviously. Um, but helped us get started. He bought us our first truck. He gave us some cash in the bank that allowed mm-hmm. us to, to really get going. So that's cool. It, it kind of started with my back against the wall is what it felt like. Where did you find the truck? The first you, truck. What was the first one? It was a 1953. 53. Yep. Or where'd you find it? In Midlothian, Texas. Uh-huh. So the first one was there uh, at a, some guy was selling off boats and, and specialty cars like Bronco 2s that were, you know, loaded up. They're $250,000 cars. Ours obviously was not 250 grand, but um, we, we show up, take a look at it, and it was pristine and, and mint. And he just That's cool. was letting it go. Actually, the guy who owned it, passed away. He spent five years of his life restoring this rusted uh, camper shell 53 Mm -hmm. into what it is today. And then his son, when he passed away, he sold it to this guy at Midlothian who just tried to turn it. And we just were happy to find it two days before it went on to auction floor. Have you always, and and Tim, jump in because you're more of an entrepreneur probably than I am. Is this always been something that you've wanted to do or was it just COVID happened and it was a blessing in disguise or has this been something on your radar for a while to, to start a business? To start a business is, has always kind of been on my radar. My father is in, he's done reservoir engineering for most of his life in the Permian, but that mm-hmm. that's more along the lines of business development um, in the, in the operator side, the way I see it. So he's always kind of had an idea on economics and, and ideas um, for businesses. And I, I took that from him. My mom started DP Personnel, which is a, an employment really? agency in the 90s, and mm-hmm. she sold that. So I guess it just is kind of a, a family thing that I picked up on. And But I did, I had intentions to do something, but maybe not in this fashion. You know, brewery was kind of my initial idea, but you know, when COVID came, everything kind of changed. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I 100%. The entrepreneurial mind is something that's taught typically young, uh, mm-hmm. and it's that freedom to um, grow yourself as big as you want to get. You want to get. The beautiful part about it is uh, you you get to define your level of success. Mm. So I mean, you, my level of success might be in that industry like five events a year. Your level of success might be five hundred events a year. And no matter what, because we define that level and we get to go to as far as we're willing to push ourselves, it's truthfully the greatest thing in, in my life and I would be willing to bet in yours is just the ability to control your own future. Hmm. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. So tell me, I, you've done, uh, how many events have you done this year? Oh, 
put me on the spot, man. I, I think we probably uh, if I more had than to, one. Yeah. If I had to guess, probably close to fifty. Fifty. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so. We're talking like two events a week. Um, yeah, it kind of comes and goes. You know, there's seasons. So like in January, there's not a lot. In February, there's right. not a lot. But there's multiple events every weekend in April, March, right, uh, May, and then especially in September, October, November. Yeah. There's, you know, there's highs and, and lows, the winter being the lowest. Hmm. What's been your favorite event that you've done where you're like, wow, that was so cool? Um, I guess, you know, they're all, they're all kind of similar when it, you know, at the end of the day, you're serving, you're serving beer to, to public yeah. mainly. But I, I guess the, one of the most memorable was the, we did the July 4th event here this month mm-hmm. in Midland at Centennial Park. And, and I think we served, it was between 10 and 20,000 people um, for the Star Spangled Banner yeah, Salute. Yeah. Or Star Spangled Salute, I think right. that's what they called it. Yeah. And that was, uh, it was pretty interesting to see. So we had, you know, 10 guys helping us out to do that. It took a lot of coordination on a lot of people's parts and it was, um, it was intense, but it was, it was cool to see. I mean, it to, to the likes of, you know, we, we don't do that kind yeah, of event all yeah. the time. It was it was crazy. I mean, what, the crazy the economics on that piece. You got to think yeah. though. You each one of your guys was slinging two thousand drinks in what four or five hours. Uh, it was twenty five hundred drinks in three hours. Yeah, twenty five hundred drinks. What? In three hours. That's nuts. That that's, that's crazy. I mean, when you like, when you that but that's how much how, fun. You need that on a shirt, man. Because, um, I mean, the realistic ability of success, there's very few people that could go in and say, hey, yeah, we're going to go do this event with yeah. 10 guys and each one of you is going to sling 2,000 drinks. I mean, that's, that is That's nuts. fast. I got to give a special shout out to my buddy Jorge. He, he helped us do that. He's, he's uh, really good at, at planning those events. Yeah. Jorge yeah. is watching. That's cool. So what, one what, quick question. Yeah. Though. So you, you do non-alcoholic drinks and things like that too. So are we are we more Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Okay. What? I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't have a reason why you're Pepsi over Coke. Well, I liked him up until this point. He was a good guest. <laughs> uh, no, man, I get it. That's I mean, you're in West Texas. That's one of those things. But yeah, yeah. Um, What's I've never had anybody order a, a Crown and Pepsi. I'll, I'll just say that it's always no. Crown and Coke. I, and I don't even know the full line of Pepsi versus Cola. To be honest, I'm kind of uneducated. I guess <laughs> like just Coke versus yeah. Pepsi outright. And when you Coke. when you say Coke, I mean you go you go into some places like it, Boston, yeah, Massachusetts. They probably they say pop or soda. So you know if you go and say I need a Coke, it's like well, do you want Dr Pepper? Do you want Pepsi? Do you want whatever? Yeah, so, out here a Coke could be anything. Like, it could I, be. I could offer you a Coke, and you'd be like, yeah, I'll take a Seven Up. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. true. What's the number one beverage that is sold or requested? It's easily Tall City beer. Um, yeah, yeah. Generally, an IPA and the Honey Blonde, um, or you know, if it's if it's a liquor drink that's actually really popular, is old fashioned that we do. So we batch mix an old fashioned. Yeah. And that's pretty popular. That's so, cool. That's mm-hmm. cool. So that's well, a really cool point. I, yeah. I like you're not just a local business, you know, slinging national brands. He's also a local business supporting another local business yes. in our breweries and and helping them. I mean, th- that's that's the entrepreneurial like kinship that we want in mm-hmm. in our communities. Is man, we're sitting here. How how are we building each other up? So yeah, you know, when one collaboration goes to the other and says, hey. We want to do this, but we also want to help grow you in that instance. Man, that's that West Texas spirit that I love. About do you get that anywhere else, you think? 
Um, yeah, probably it's, it's it's it is hard. Like I agree with him that kind of in this area, there's a there's a significant vibe, mm. um, you know, that people want to help each other out. You know, that's why we started this podcast uh, from day one. Moose and I did was to connect people to people in Midland, connect businesses in Midland. Uh, you know, people who are starting new businesses. We were at Hoop and Barrel last week. You, you're doing Texas Texas Tap, right? And there may be people listening, watching that are like, I've never heard of that. And I would love to get in on that event. How's the best way for somebody to get a hold of you? Um, the website, texastap.co. So texastap.co, the website, there's an inquiry page where you can fill out something, you know, specifically for your event and kind of give us an idea for a, a return to quote or Facebook, you know, at Texas Tapco, and then Instagram at Texas Tapco. Do you go anywhere outside of the Permian Basin? Do you travel anywhere? Anywhere in the state line. So our license is valid in the state of Texas. So we go to okay. Houston. We go to, you know, south of San Antonio. We go to Dallas all the time. And, and matter of fact, our trucks are generally stationed one here, one in Dallas, Fort Worth, really? and then one in Austin. Okay, wow. So you, you can get on the website and you can uh, get an event if you were in the Dallas Frisco area and book one of your trucks, offering the same thing at each truck? Uh, no, we, we, I mean, like kind of, you know, we talked about, we try to support the, the local guys. So if we go up to, we went up to Frisco not too long ago and mm -hmm. um, we, we had a local brewery there. We were serving their beer. Everybody recognized their beer. You know, when I'm around here in the Permian, I'm, I sling Tall City and Eccentric and then in yeah. Austin, you know, we we work with whoever. We don't really know too many people in Austin. It's kind of a new scene for us right now. But oh, you've cool. got so many choices too. I know. I mean, that's <laughs> you know, I crazy. One of my favorite actors has a has a brewery down there, uh, Jason Paladecki, which really? there's no way you would know who that person is. But no. like they they started a brewery down there and I was like, What a weird like they went from being on national television to a brewery in Austin. Um and mm. you start looking into it and there's just there's so many options. So um, well, tell me, tell me this. You're leading this company, right? Or leading this organization? I, I was for the first three years. And here recently, we're making a switch to my brother. Um, okay. He's, he's going to be taking the leading role. So what's next for you? For me specifically or the yeah. company? Or for both? Um, for me, I'm trying to take a step back. So uh, one thing I kind of wanted to talk about on the podcast today was yeah. a little bit about entrepreneurship. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of people who are entrepreneurial and who are creative free thinkers. And, and, you know, those people are awesome. If, if I had any advice for those people on starting a business, it, it would be, you know, entrepreneurs think that 10 to 20% of their time is worth a hundred percent of everybody else's. Mm -hmm. So you think that you can start two or three or four endeavors and make them all work, you know, and be successful, but that's mm -hmm. not necessarily the case. And, and I, to, you know, having done this the way that I have, it's been growing organically. If I had to put all my eggs in one basket, we might have, you know, a different type of company today. Hmm. And because I'm splitting time, right? Like I, I'm at Select Chemistry and that's my priority because I want to sure. put a roof over my family's head and, and feed them. Um, but at the same time, part of me, you know, up to 50% of me at times is torn and going in two different directions. So hmm. as an entrepreneur, I would say, you know, just to to think about it, you know, pretty thoroughly before you actually make those jumps. That was going to be a question I was going to have at the end is like, what advice would you have to that? But I think you hit on something because Tim, you're over there. Just, I mean, your wheels are probably spinning now. Well, right? So here's the deal. Um, he's he nailed it. Yeah. W entrepreneurs can't help themselves. 
we exist for the new. And um, I'm one of point. the biggest offenders, you know, at this point. I now own five companies <laughs> that do different things uh, around some different worlds. And and they all require different things. And the companies that are doing really well are the ones that I we built. And we said, hey, person, you're going to run this piece. Hmm. Um, and so when you take that step back, often you'll see that company actually start to grow. Um, but yeah, I, I can't help myself. And it's, it's built into the genes of like, what's the next new thing. I, I had a conversation with a, a commercial realtor in Houston this last week during some trainings. And she was telling me about how corn dogs are the big thing right now in Houston. There's corn dog vendors all over what? with these custom like food trucks, specialty. Yeah. Food trucks. And just like carts, they're doing specialty corn dogs with like flaming hot Cheetos on them instead of the cornmeal. And then like Oreo corn dog, like it's the thing. And I was like, dude, I could launch that in a day. Like I could, I, <laughs> I could launch it in a day. Everybody and, loves corn dogs. Yeah. Not with like Oreo cookies on it. With, dude, I, <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah, it was weird yeah, too. Yeah. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, I mean, Hey, it's a sweet and salty treat. I guess uh, so. But yeah, man. And so it's so hard to stop and go, how is that going to affect all my other hmm. companies? I I build companies specifically to create opportunities typically for the people around me. Yeah. And so um, – and I would be willing to bet you did too. Once you – your your initial reaction was I got to build this company because I don't have a job. And I'd be willing to bet now you've probably given so many people new opportunities mm-hmm. that they were never going to have. Yeah. And, and that's the power of the entrepreneur. But also the danger is we tend to like – like new things and we'll, we'll split our time too much. And, uh, I would say also one thing that I'm, I, I was actually really impressed with kind of the way you went there. Um, you gotta be careful as that entrepreneur, because we tend to like to sacrifice our families mm. and we tend to sacrifice our own health. <laughs> Maybe not you as much, but I, 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 as I'm drinking a diet Coke, I can tell you, um, <laughs> you know, I don't pay attention to that. I don't go to the gym enough. I don't spend enough time with my kids sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I have to stop and say, hey, we're going to have to set this aside for a moment because right now this time has to be devoted to my family. So, um, man, I, I'm very impressed with that statement because it took me having too many companies to hit that point where I was like, I got to take a step back. So let's let's expand on that. How do you balance work, family, a new job, entrepreneur, the whole thing? Um, it'll actually, it'll lead into some of the things that you noted yeah. uh, prior, but so you, so I prioritize, I try, I try and prioritize my time, but, um, I actually, I've been talking with a group in, in studying some, some books, uh, specifically about prioritizing, you know, mm-hmm. kind of your life and not, not necessarily your time, but like what is most important to you. So if you just had to sit and think of, you know, the, the first five things, the first, the, the most important things in your life and you mm-hmm. had five I, I guarantee your family would be on it mm-hmm. um your financials would be on it you know um probably your fitness at some point um your at your, some point your your <laughs> self-started mm-hmm. company 100 is going to be on it so I, you, I i personally have compartmentalized my life and and i wear these different hats mm-hmm. number one is family man you know number two is um the business, not that I've started, but that I'm working for because mm-hmm. I have to put my, I have to put my time there first. Number three is the business that I've started as a business owner. You know, number four, I'm a son. Number, number five, I'm an individual. So I, I try and, you know, sharpen the saw and that's a hint to the book that I'll reference later. Yeah. 
Um, and and I, I plan my day out, my weeks out like that. So um, if, I'm, if I'm looking at my week and I've got four things to do for select chemistry and I've got two conflicts with Texas Tap Company, then mm-hmm. I have to prioritize and I, and I schedule around that. But then also remembering that the most important things in my life are, you know, my my wife and my son, and I don't let that right. get yeah. neglected. Yeah. In the process. So let's let's jump to that because I, I'm interested to hear who are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you doing to make yourself a better leader, better husband, dad? Um, so the the book that I was referencing is the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Great book. It's yeah. fairly common. It's been around for a while. Um, Servant Leadership, um, some other books by C.S. Lewis. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, you might pick up. I'm religious. But um, I've studied under an individual here who um, was previously a pastor and and with um, some of my good friends and my brother-in-law. And uh, we we meet bi-monthly and we study that that seven habits. There's a workbook. Mm. And in that workbook, it talks about, you know, putting first things first. It talks about... um, time management in a totally new perspective. So these, this is kind of where this all, you know, stemmed. I, I went to this individual and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of breaking at the seams. It feels like, right. Mm-hmm. Cause like there's times where, you know, like not one of your companies probably needs attention by itself at any given moment. Right. And matter of fact, you probably have those days where you're like, I have nothing to do. I can start another company. But then the next day, all five <laughs> are like, hey, we need you that's now. That's Tim. Yeah. And that's exactly how it goes. So, yeah. you know, in those moments, I've gone and, and I've sought out some advice from people who I respect and who I've seen be, in my definition, successful. Wow. You, you know, I, I wish we had a, a lot more time to discuss, but tell us, uh, before we shift gears a little bit, uh, who who is probably the most influential person? You said you're religious. I'm assuming you're, you're, you're a believer. Um, and so who would you say you listen to the most? Like if you were to invite somebody to sit at your table and you're going to let them pour into your life, you're going to pour into theirs, who would that person or persons be? Persons. It'd be persons because it's, you know, there's so many different hats that I wear, right? So, um, I mean, my father-in-law is a great individual. Mm-hmm. My my dad, uh, they both are very wise when it comes to business and ethics. Mm-hmm. And I listen to them. Um, I, I ask for their advice often. My wife is um, very sturdy, mm-hmm. very upright, very conservative, and, and you know, can be leaned on. Um, but then I have friends, like when it comes to, you know, personal struggles that are – that have been pastors for a while that, um, you know, I, I lean on them. And then there's other individuals who have been successful in business and, and you know, um, are currently still in their late 50s climbing and climbing and climbing. Mm-hmm. And they're just, you know, their energy and everything. So, I mean, it, it'd be hard uh, to pin it on, on one, you know, individual. And it, besides that, they're all local guys here. Yeah. So, um, you know, is there like a, I'm trying to think of a of a, a figure who's written a book like C.S. Lewis or somebody. Mm-hmm. No, you know, it's just people that I've that I've come to know and see do the right things over and over again that I, I lean up against. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you uh, again for for sharing everything. Again, we could probably go on oh, yeah. a lot more, uh, and we'll have a part two 
sometime on this. Okay. But a couple of fun questions just to kind of get to know you in a little different different way. And again, at the end of the show, we will put show notes down and we'll put the web address, how people can get a hold of you, social media, if there's any of that. We'll put all that on there so people can get a hold of you and book an events, whether they're locally in the Permian Basin or outside. I know I've got some friends in the Dallas area. I can't wait to text them later uh, and say, hey, you got to check this out. Look this up. Get these guys to your event. So we want to be able to help you out Thank you. Uh, as much Appreciate as we that. can So and connect you here locally. Just just, just, a fun, just some fun questions, just kind of randomness. We'll throw this out there. What, what, yeah, we'll start with Tim. What's the maybe the, the dumbest or silliest injury you've ever had? All right, man. Well, okay. I, I mean, it came straight to mind, and so we got to roll with it. Uh, man, so I was in like the fifth or sixth grade, and, and something you got to know about me uh, and actually my wife, neither one of us knows how to ride a bike. And what? so our kids are kind still? of screwed. No, still don't know how to ride a bike today. Never learned, never <laughs> big deal. But my neighbor had one of those old school tricycles oh, no. that like they used to pull the ice cream carts with. You know, this is probably what the beer tap was, you know, 50, 60 years back. But, yeah, one of those big old – you'd see them in circuses and stuff. So I would ride that for circuses. fun. You know, and we it's huge wheels. Yeah. Big deal. So in San Angelo where I lived, one of the neighborhoods had these like 45-degree angle driveways. Yeah. I mean, I you got to throw it in fourth <laughs> gear to get up and up into your garage. And – there was this one driveway that I was like, man, I'm going to go to the top and we're going to go down this thing and it's going to be so cool and so fast and fun and I'll feel like the cool kids that can actually ride a bike. And so I take this old three-wheel tricycle up this Mm-mm. giant driveway and we go. I go and and we're going and it's it's a really long driveway and I'm picking <laughs> up so much speed. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so fast. And I hit the brakes on it. And they don't work. Uh-oh. I mean, like, just nothing. So I'm going down this driveway towards a street. and How old th- were you? Uh, fifth grade? Fifth, fifth grade. grade. I, okay, whatever age that is, yeah. I'm not sure anymore. Um, but, yeah, I'm going. And this house was in front of a – it was right before a stop sign. So Uh-oh. I'm going, and this truck is driving, and I hit the side of this truck and bounce off. I, I hit this dude's truck as he's driving and it was it, probably an old Chevy or something. <laughs> Didn't do anything to the truck. The guy just kind of looked at me and was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Probably had a concussion. Who knows? <laughs> Who cares? My nose yeah. was bleeding, but that was it, man. I, it was a That's miracle crazy. that I didn't break any bones. Get run over. Or run yeah. over or anything. Or put a dent in the truck. I didn't dent the truck, which means it was a good truck. Okay, yeah. And, but yeah, I bounced off it's a truck a Chevy. that was driving. <laughs> and uh, it's all because I, I never learned to ride a bike. <laughs> so, oh yeah, man. All right. David? David. Um, so when I was 14, this is a story Mike is referencing. When I was 14, I uh, – it was a day. It was a it was a baseball tournament in the morning. Uh-oh. I remember it. And uh, me and my buddy went back home, and we were going to shoot these, you know, varying objects out of a, a water balloon launcher. Okay, so if you can just imagine, yeah, the length of my wingspan. So you know, six feet long. Yeah. It stretches really well. If you've seen the Amazing Race where the girl gets hit with a watermelon, you know where this is going. Yeah, I tie this into a tree. And I'm taking all of my brother, his younger brother, taking all of his action figures, you know, shooting all this stuff. <laughs> it's going about three homes down the street. 
and my buddy lives there, right? And wow. so I'm shooting it, I'm shooting, I'm shooting, and I send my guy down there, a friend, with a with a walkie-talkie. I put one of those yellow dimpled jug machine balls you see at putt putt, yeah, wherever you hit, you know, jug machine balls. <laughs> and uh, I shoot it, and it caught itself, and it came back and hit me right in the mouth. I don't remember all that what? stuff I told you though. Like yeah. that whole the half of the day was erased. So it knocked me out. It split, you know, from the bottom of my nose all the way through the bottom of this what? top of lip in half. So I look kind of like the predator. My, oh my it knocked gosh. four teeth out. It uh, fractured my uh, whatever this bone is, the cheekbone. Yeah, and it we'll go with put that. me in a yeah. sling for about a week. Why a sling? Seriously concussed uh, because it hit and then it, it rotated and hit my arm. I actually okay. had second degree burns on my chin from it rotating. So it what? it almost killed me. I mean, to be honest, that's so nuts. I couldn't I couldn't speak. I, I I just rolled over. My dad was apparently stretching in the window as he gets up from his afternoon nap and watched it happen, and uh, comes outside and and I, there I go in an ambulance for emergency surgery. Yeah. Wow, so you had surgery on yep. the lip. And uh, yeah, so I had bone? 60 corkscrew stitches uh, in this lip. Plus Did you say corkscrew? Yes. Oh. And then I had uh, stitches in the gum. The gum, I mean, it was a, it was just a barrel going right in through the yeah. top right here. So it, it hurt me pretty good. Moose found that hilarious when I told when I told Moose he just could not stop laughing hysterically. Yeah, I can a imagine, lot of people did. I can imagine you know he's he's not here. Tim's sitting in for him, and 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 our viewers know Moose has got great stories, and he did not prepare me well enough for that story because he was like, "Oh yeah, he got his teeth knocked out. It's just a funny story." And I'm like, now I'm hearing it going, "What? Hell, you almost yeah. died from it? Are you kidding me?" It was pretty severe. Yeah, it lasted a long time. Actually, my last surgery on my teeth from that surgery or from that uh, injury was earlier or late last year. I'm oh sorry. my goodness! Wow. While I while I was actually I was working for Mike. Wow, that's, that's right. Because you used to work out at Performance. Yes. For a while, so mm -hmm. that's how y'all kind of met and mm -hmm. stuff. So yeah, well, my story. Yeah, I'm not even going to tell Mike. It's not anywhere near near <laughs> that story. I just fell on a fence. Uh, you know, uh, had the little prongs sticking on the fence, and they caught me uh, on my thigh, and oh. as I was trying to climb over it, and scared me quite a bit. But have nothing compared to that story right there. So, and I thought yours was going to be good, and then I'm like, oh, you just hit a truck. I mean, yeah, this guy no, got no, I, I just impaled a by a golf ball, dude. That's yeah, that's crazy. All right, yeah. one more question: How do you spell and use the word okay? Do you use OK or do you use OKAY? When do you use that? How do you use it? Texting. It's just an O and a K. I never spell it out. I don't I think, either. I think it should be OKAY, but I, I don't do that. Do you, you use just K sometimes? Just the letter K? Yeah. To, to cover for it? So this is actually really funny. Um, uh -oh. So I recently hired uh, or brought on a, a team member that is thoroughly Gen Z. Uh, she's in that age range. Yeah. And she corrected me the other day and said, hey, when you put okay, I think you're mad at me. Like The, the I, word? Just the O and the K, when you spell it, like when we spell it out, okay, A-Y, it's got like a happier tone than just okay. And I was like, okay, and what does K mean to you? Yeah. Like, because I would, th I would assume that K would be even like if, when my wife texts me K, yeah, it's it's not a good thing. 
Okay. And I kind of so, agree with her. Yeah. But like, bit. yeah, it was really weird. And I was, I've Smart. never had this conversation with anybody, but she told me, she was like, hey, I, I just want to make sure you're not mad at me. I'm like, why would I be mad at you? She's like, well, you texted okay instead of okay. Yeah, if I was, I was mad at you, I just wouldn't text you. Back. Yeah, That's so, thing, so. Um, I I'm an I am actually okay, like just the O and the K, and we're yeah. good. Um, but yeah, I I'm having to learn to kind of throw the A Y in there for uh, especially safety. when I'm talking with her. Yeah, safety. Hey, David, can you stay around for another minute or two? Yes, sir. Awesome. And now every neighbor presents why today doesn't suck. Well, today is August the 3rd, 2023. It is the 225th day of the year. We are getting closer and closer to cooler weather. Would that be about God bless us. November 15th, I yeah, think is maybe, the cooler maybe Christmas we'll get we'll get like 80. Yeah, maybe so. So what's so important about this day, Tim, you ask? Well, there is a very special birthday from a guy today, and uh, his name is Tom Brady. Any any thoughts on Tom Brady over there, David? Um, fan, I think he's the goat. He is the goat. You oh, think? Yeah, he's yeah, the goat. yeah, yeah. How long have you been a Tom Brady fan? I wouldn't say I'm like a super fan or anything. I just you know I root for him. I guess in most Super Bowls that doesn't involve Patrick Mahomes or the Cowboys because we like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, today is his birthday, and I thought for his birthday I would bring his Patriots Super Bowl ring right there. <laughs> Uh, this is the one that he wore or that he got when he was uh, 2018. Once you pass that around, I'll let you boys put that on uh, and not to keep it for very long. But uh, in honor of Tom's birthday today, his Super Bowl ring, that is um, um, right there. I have I actually have oh Pat Mahomes' Super Bowl ring, his first one. From how'd the Chiefs. You, how'd you get him to lend it to you? There, he'd lend it to me. <laughs> there is a friend, a guy here in, in Midland, who um, actually can get a hold of autographs and footballs and uh, rings and everything and stuff. And so, yeah. So it's Tom That's Brady's crazy. Super Bowl ring. It is also, uh, and we, had, we just have to be, uh, uh, you know, um, we want to make sure that everybody gets – I saw you put that in your pocket over there. I mean, we want to make sure that everybody gets um, recognized. Uh, I know Martha Stewart has a birthday today, but today is two very special national days. One is National Nuts Day. Are any of you have a, a, a peanut or pecan allergy or anything? I mean, I wish I did. You wish I you hate nuts. You but, wish you wish you did. Yeah. You were gonna try to fake an allergy or something. Yeah, I was like, man, I just need to fake the allergy so I don't have to do it. But I, I'll try some nuts. Well, I brought, I brought some uh, a variety of nuts here. David, are you a nuts? Are you a nuts fan? You yeah, oh yeah. Peanuts. Oh yeah. Con stuff. Goes great with beer. Yeah. It does go great with beer, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, so pass that around, and uh, because it's actually national. Nuts Day, and it, it, it talks about grab a handful uh, for heart healthy, for uh, low in carbs. But I read it wrong when I was preparing for this, and I thought it was the other kind of nuts. And so I brought these kind of nuts, uh, and <laughs> so you can't eat these, uh, but no matter how you celebrate, 
National Nuts Day, whether it's pecans, peanuts, or nuts and bolts, we want you to celebrate that. It is also National Watermelon Day. Are you a big watermelon fan? It's like my second least favorite thing. Is it really? I, th- David, are you a big, big watermelon fan? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to hand that over to you. Sweet. And uh, I've got some uh, I've got some forks here. Here you go. Thank you. I will say, so I can do like watermelon um, sour patch. That, well, that's, that's, that's not the same. Watermelon sour patch is not the same. Grab you a, a bite there. Hey, we appreciate David so much for you being here. Uh, any last words you want to share, just like an advice or anything you want to share before we sign off? Uh, yeah, go try Dave's Pale Ale at Tall City. It's a recipe that I made three years ago, and um, we shared it with them, and and they they've brewed it for us about yeah. a month ago. It's pretty good, so go try it. Dave's Pale Ale at yep. Tall City Brewery. We'll put that in the show notes. Tim, thanks for sitting in for Moose today. As we always say, don't be sad it's over. Just be glad that it happened. We will see you guys next week. To connect with the guys or subscribe to the weekly Flowline, send us an email at media at perf-chem.com. Every Neighbor is the bridge to supporting community engagement between business and nonprofits. Every Neighbor is here to simplify the pathways to connection in our community. Connect with us at everyneighbor.com.